Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. Don't just put up pretty product photos and think that people are going to buy your product. Like, Find a unique message that gets their attention. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show Joe Moriarty. He's a former software investor and now the creator of online brand Modern Mammals. And he's also working on a new offering to help operators, investors in the software space. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks for having me, Chase. Absolutely. It's, it's wonderful to have you here. So let's dive on in. Like, Tell me, uh, where did the idea for Modern Mammals come from? What was going on? Yeah, it goes back to Honestly, probably 2015, uh, I was living in at the time, like living in California. Uh, I was hanging out with, I would say, like the extremes of the like health conscious health. I don't want to say health freaks, but um, people like on the kind of very um, verge of, of that world, they were doing like CrossFit. They were like drinking unpasteurized milk. Um, but I spent a lot of time with the, with, you know, some of these people and I was noticing their aversion to actually using shampoo. Uh, and so I started just kind of, you know, talking to more and more guys about it and hearing from friends and, and things uh, that were saying like, yeah, you know, I actually avoid using shampoo. I've heard it's damaging. I don't like what it does to my hair. And um, a lot of people were like experimenting with like paleo and things at that time, but just kind of trying to do more, take care of your body more naturally. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, yeah, that's kind of where the idea and the brand name Modern Mammals uh, came from. Awesome. And so when did it evolve into kind of this take on shampoo? Yeah, I what I realized a little bit about about uh, the shampoo industry was like Procter and Gamble was never going to come up with a product to to stop like to go against head and shoulders or whatever brands they own. Uh, so I just kind of realized like the shampoo mm -hmm. companies that sell shampoo and conditioner were not going to come up with a product that replaced shampoo and conditioner. Uh, so I kind of knew like it, it needed to be a new brand, um, an outside, an outsider to the hair care space. So I was in business school. Um, I had the time to kind of work on a business. I started off using Modern Mammals as like a class project as I studied e-commerce and brand building. Um, and yeah, then just, just went with it. So when you're formulating a product for, you know, what were you dealing with kind of regulations uh, in your space or because I know when it's it's food and beverage, obviously you got the FDA and all that stuff. But like, uh, did you have to kind of jump it through any hoops to like get this thing ready for the mass market? Not a lot of regulatory hoops. Um, a lot of the, you know, manufacturers and chemists, you know, we worked with professional chemists. Um, they are on top of that stuff for us. Uh, the biggest hoop was honestly, like getting a, getting manufacturers and chemists to want to work with you. I think just as like a new brand, mm -hmm. there's probably a, you know, they get pitched new clients and new brands all the time. 
they are hesitant on who to take on because they don't want to waste their time. They don't want to take losses. And so just kind of earning that credibility, getting referrals from, from other people, you know, um, to line up those relationships was, is kind of the first hurdle. Absolutely. So how long, uh, was that kind of, uh, process of uh you know product research and development and getting it from like all right we're gonna make we're gonna do a new take on shampoo uh because you know we we've done this research and we've learned that there are people out there that want this you know from that kind of position to like all right we actually have this physical product in hand yeah it takes longer than you think i actually i remember talking to the founder of bird dogs about this uh they make like these like men's shorts and he basically said look for a physical product like don't expect that you're going to be selling it in any less than nine months um it, it takes a long time from, you know, development, then the manufacturer needs to source their supplies. You have to do test runs. Mm-hmm. So I would say like fall of 2018, I had friends like washing their hair with stuff I made in the kitchen. Um, like very trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that customer trust is important. And then, you know, me testing out kind of everything out in the market for several months and then probably first started working with a manufacturer, like March of February, March of like 2019, and then not actually selling our first version of the product until January of 2020. Absolutely. And then within January 2020, obviously, you know, you're launching right before the pandemic hit. So how did you navigate those waters and how did that affect kind of your go to market plan? Yeah, we, it was crazy timing. We, I had hired my first employee, Wes, who is awesome. Um, his start date was supposed to be April 1st of 2020. So between hiring him and starting like the pandemic happened, we had to go fully remote. Uh, on the supply chain side though, you know, when you're not a big brand, you're not holding a lot of extra inventory. You're, you don't want your cash tied up sitting in inventory. So we didn't have a ton of backup stock and we were still really iterating on our formula. So when the pandemic happened, there was this huge rush for hand sanitizer and we couldn't get some of our ingredients. Uh, we couldn't get plastic bottles. So we had about a four month period where we were kind of unable to sell anything totally out of stock and just use that period to really like work on our brand, you know, redo the website, um, prepare for that, but definitely a lot of tough supply chain problems right off the bat with the pandemic. And they honestly, they, they still persist today. With the launch kind of getting, messed up, you know, that's just a, let's, let's call a duck a duck. Um, and you kind of retooled everything you were working on the brand. When did you guys kind of go back out at it? And like, what was your go to market plan? What were you trying to do? How were you trying to acquire customers? Yeah. So we came back, so we sold out, uh, basically like at the end of May, early June, I think, um, 2020, and then came back with kind of a big splash at the end of September, 2020, we had some press lined up. We had our new website, our new brand, um, really c- came out with kind of a splash. Then we're, we're getting a lot of coverage, a lot of influencers covering us. And we had tested, you know, we'd done a lot of advertising testing around kind of this outsider brand image, a lot of different creative copy and such. And so like a lot of brands, we had a social, you know, social, a big splash on social media. Um, but we really thought about like, where, where can we reach guys? And what we found in terms of acquiring customers is like our customers are on Reddit, like asking about our brand. Um, they're reading reviews from other customers. They're on our social media, reading comments from other customers. So we kind of let the, we kind of like to see where the customers are and then let them, you know, talk to other customers and, and have them vouch for us uh, in their path to purchase. Absolutely. So, you know, if, if a young brand, like 
is coming along. Would you say that that uh, kind of funnel of using influencers to kind of get some awareness out there and and then social uh, as well? You know, I, I'm assuming you guys were doing some stuff on Facebook and Instagram. What other channels? Uh, yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't recommend influencers. I kind of think people we're not we're not like an influencer celebrity led brand. We can get into that. We're the opposite. Okay. Um, we're like a customer led brand. Um, it's not about you know, we're about featuring our customers. We're not about talking about ourselves or, or showing pretty pictures of our product. Um, I don't think influencers work that much. I think people see through them. I think a lot of people know the, know that those are like paid promotions now and they're a bit commoditized. Uh, we happen to be getting interest from influencers back then, but we don't, you know, we don't focus on that. Um, it depends who your customer is though, in terms of where you're going to reach them, right? Like guys are on yeah. Reddit. I think a lot of people are comfortable purchasing on Instagram, off Facebook. I think TikTok is a nice place to build some audience, but I don't think people have the same purchasing behavior on TikTok, at least not for us, that we see on on other channels. Yeah, I mean, I would I would completely agree that. Well, I think it's just the uh, demographics on TikTok. They trend so young; they don't even have a debit card to purchase the thing that they're seeing, uh, and that kind of goes to the platform being young, especially the ad part of the platform like they just did some crazy new features like within the last few days uh they launched some new features about you know doing cross-party pixeling or, or something like that but that's a whole that's a conversation for a whole other day all right so we heard that customers hoard your product and you know there's always these crazy reviews that you have from people discovering your product you know what do you think is going on why do you think there's such a customer obsession within your particular kind of product offering yeah we honestly get like the craziest reviews and it it makes like running the running the brand a lot of fun. Our customers like are very, um, very much like want to be a part of the brand, you know, right into us. They love like getting their reviews featured and things. So we get really, really funny stuff. But the reason that exists is just because we have, we speak to a super, you know, we, we don't try to talk to everyone. We speak very specifically to this kind of like, you know, guy in your twenties, thirties, um, very, you know, very specific product, very specific pain point around like, look, you don't like shampoo. Shampoo is a bad product. We have something better. Like it's a very clear, simple message and people resonate with it. Yeah. You know exactly who your customer is. We know who our customer is and we have a, we fit just a, a unique need in the market, you know, competition wise, like there's stuff in the women's space. Um, but people selling shampoo just it, you know, we, we solve a gap in the market. We, we definitely fill a need and that's why people stock up on our product like crazy. It's, I have friends who tell me like, they ask me, they'll, they'll send me a text message or I'll, I'll see them somewhere and they'll say like, Hey, will you let me know if you're going to be out of stock? Because like, I need to stock up if that's going to be the case. Like, and I don't, I used to feel bad when people would say, Oh, I'll buy a bottle for this person or whatever. And I should be like, no, no, you don't have to. Now I know people love the product so much that I'm like, yeah, do it. Like they'll like the product. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Guy can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easy to use answer for automating the everyday challenges of running a Shopify store. Find more aha moments when you're spending less time in the weeds and can focus on the bigger picture. With automations, you have all the power of code without the learning curve. You can easily customize how Shopify and your apps work with one-click integrations. From auto-tagging orders to sending order details to a Shopify customer database, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. 
So find your peace of mind and kick up your feet with a simplified workload to manage the everyday stress of running your Shopify store. Search for Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Free plan available with a no-cost setup included. Our partner Rewind can protect your e-commerce store by automatically backing up your business-critical data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix, Paul Mitchell, and Pampers. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash honest e-commerce to get your first month absolutely free. That's rewind.com slash honest e-commerce. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So what I want really want to highlight here is that I think the initial success of your brand is is that because you knew how specific your customer was, exactly who you're trying to speak to, that helped you with getting things off the ground because you knew you were targeting with it. So would you say that if there's like any entrepreneurs out there that are kind of getting into the space and looking that you'd say start with a problem and a very specific customer and then work your, your way backwards? Yes, yeah, start with a start with a problem for sure. Like look for something where you feel like people are either like using alternatives. Like we were very early in myself and and Wes, um, who helps run the business. Like we were early no poors ourselves. Like we were out there experimenting with alternatives to shampoo. And when I knew all these, you know, CrossFitters that were using apple cider vinegar to wash their hair, I'm like, if people are looking for these weird alternatives, there's obviously a pain point there. So I think like there's this example I remember hearing, and it's when you see um like somebody with a walker, like maybe an elderly person with a walker and they put tennis balls on the bottom. Like they're using something else to solve a problem. So you know that there's kind of a, a product need there. So I think like look for those opportunities where people are trying to work around something. Um mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to speak to the customer in a unique way. Like don't just put up pretty product photos and think that people are going to buy your product. Like find a unique message that gets their attention. Absolutely. And you mentioned this a few minutes ago that like your customers write in with these crazy reviews and like they love being featured. Now, are you, I'm assuming that you're taking all that stuff and repurposing it into your marketing materials and just like creating this flywheel of social proof within the business, right? Yeah, we try to. I think it's easier with, you know, I don't know if I want to generalize and cut this part out of here if you want, but um, I think what I've heard from other brands is you get more, sometimes you get more of that user generated content from like a female audience and less from a male audience. Um, so we have to work for it a little bit more, but we do try to, you know, we repurpose the reviews because a lot of guys, like what convinces them to buy is the reviews and feedback from other guys. Some of that's in our control, some of it's not. But one thing we realize about our customer base and the reason that we're not just on every target shelf is that mm-hmm. guys will do their research 
online. They will go on Reddit and read the reviews. They will go on our social media, read the reviews, but they're not going to browse the CVS aisle for 20 minutes, like reading about the products. So uh, that's how we that's how we get them. I feel I feel seen right now. Is that you? <laughs> do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that is me. I mean, every everything I'm looking for uh, is whatever the thing is plus Reddit, and then I'm like reading, just going and trying to learn and and get some feedback from other other people that you know are looking to solve those particular problems. So, yeah, real world example right here. So, uh, with getting those reviews and that feedback from your customers, tell us about how you're like listening to the customers, incorporating that feedback, and basically just like making the brand better from it. Yeah, definitely listening to feedback on product. We, I would say, for the first year of business, we still iterated on product. Uh, you know, use different uh, use different formulas, see what people like. Uh, we incorporate a ton of feedback. And a couple examples here: uh, we've heard people ask us for plastic free. So we are working on, we actually have it, have it almost finished, but like a plastic free version of the product. Another unique example, I'd say a lot of people push subscription super hard in D2C generally. They say, oh, have a subscription model that's better for the business. We listen to the customers more. And what we saw is that uh, some, you know, a lot of people would rather just buy five bottles at a time as opposed to have one bottle delivered every two or three months. So we came out with these big mm-hmm. bulk refill pouches. So it, it benefits us and it benefits them where it's just one shipment. We can sell you a lot more product at a time. Um, we get the cash up front as opposed to being on a subscription cycle and the customer gets a better deal too. So it's it's really a win-win for us. And the, the refill pouches were one of the first things we did because we just saw that behavior from our customers. Oh, that's a fantastic example. Now tell me, uh, you mentioned that you're working on a new offering to help like operators and investors in the software space. You know, what's that all about? Yeah, so um, and not just specifically software, but I would say like we what I've seen, you know, I'm in I'm in groups with other founders and stuff, and it's tough to run these businesses on your own because the average business, the average small business even uses about 30 to 60 different apps to run your company. You constantly have vendors, you need like an IP lawyer in Europe. You need a marketing agency, et cetera. Um, and so it's just a lot of decisions you have to make. And you kind of have to trust you know, different things on the internet. You don't really trust reviews, et cetera. So I've been um, building like a list of kind of recommended apps, agencies, services, et cetera, um, from basically crowdsourced from all the different conversations I have and, and people I speak to and kind of build that like best of list for vendors and services. Um, and using that to help other founders build their businesses. Oh, absolutely. Now, is that ready to go public yet? Or do I got to wait to be able to share that with our audience? I'm doing it pretty manually right now. So people can, you know, yeah. reach out to me and, and whatnot if, they, if they're interested. Um, it's not fully productized. It's because I'm, I'm still the curation layer of that. Like I'm vouching for what's good and what's mm-hmm. not. So the filter still kind of goes through, through me at the moment. Absolutely, but at the beginning, when you're when you're working on something like that, you 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 uh, can't do the you need to do the things that don't scale at the beginning to make sure that the product is good. Yeah, somebody I was talking to uh, a, a former coworker, and they were like, "Oh, you should call it like Joe's list, like uh, like an, an Angie's list, because <laughs> like people trust you as opposed to trusting random reviews." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe Joe's list." All right, Joe, we've talked so much about this awesome shampoo. And if you've like piqued someone's interest, where should they go to check it out? Uh, ModernMammals.com. Awesome. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Read the reviews. Don't trust me. You know, trust, trust the other customers for sure. 
All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.